Mandingo, the pride of his masters. Mandingo, the strongest and the bravest. You are listening to Zoom, the retro comic book show. Welcome to Doom. I'm your host, Timmy Doom. This episode, I'm joined by Transcode Mafia once again as we review, once again, Crazy Magazine. I think it's issue number 14. I don't feel like looking it up because my internet is slow. Check it out. They're doing a tasteless, a tasteless parody of the 1974 slave pot boiler, Mandingo. And we are reviewing it. Join us with the episode already in progress. This this is a parody of the movie Man Mandingo. I came across this when the guy who did Marvel Comics The Untold Stories Facebook page reluctantly put up some panels from Crazy. I don't know why he was highlighting Crazy out of all the Marvel things. Uh you know, I don't even think they had Marvel in print on their cover, but he was doing all this stuff highlighting the writers and stuff like that and he he put up the um, panels from this parody. Reluctantly, he said he said it was fascinating, but he couldn't believe it was printed because of the race issue in this comic. Well, how many people were reading this magazine at that, that, that time? Nobody. <laughs> but I think everybody saw Mandingo, the movie is parodying about a slave. Basically, it's a, what they call a slave pot boiler. They said I never up. saw it. I think I've seen scenes of it on cable when I was a kid. It disturbed the heck out of me, the scenes I saw. But, yeah. Oh, and I think, I think Perry, I'm trying to think of his name. Perry, he was on the TV show Riptide. I think he was in it. I can't. Well, I, Perry King, I think his name is. He was in the movie. I, don't, I can't think of any other actors who was in that damn movie. But. And they said that they were doing a lot of slave pop boilers in the 70s. The only one I can think of is Mandingo. I don't think there was any other sexploitation, slave exploitation movies in the 70s. I think there's one or two really low budget ones, but this is the only one that looked like it had a budget. It says, what can you say about a movie that may well set relation, race relations back 75 years? Yeah, and this parody is going to set it back... Uh, another 25 on top of it. <laughs> it's, that it presents an interesting story, an interesting picture of the old South when slavery prevailed like anything in the living was queasy. Get it? The living was queasy. Not easy. It's some bad writing, Paul Cooperberg. Anyway, old Paul Cooperberg defended this story on Facebook recently. He just said, uh, he says the last panel of this, he said, what do you want? The last panel of this, um, I forgot what he did. I can't even. Let me open up my thing. That's panel. Actually, story. Heats who wrote men wrote this story. Okay. He said this. Paul Cooper I need to shut up and say I'm, I was just a monkey, a drawing monkey or whatever, doing the job that the writer told me to do. But he said he said, Al Cooper Bird, Alan Cooper Bird defended by saying the whole presentation was intended to point out the evils of slavery and racism. The final panel is an indictment of all white people. What, what more do you want? Okay, first of all, the last panel ain't supposed to be uh, it's talking about how bad slavery is. A little comic, a little story, but it doesn't 
it makes fun. <laughs> it there's no redeeming value to it. So it ain't, and and the last panel does not uh, indict white people, but we'll get to that. <laughs> anyway, they're talking about uh what the story is about. About uh, it's the story of a young white dude who marries a white chick at the same time he buys his father a new fighting slave only to find out that the new wife isn't pure and that disgusts him. So he purchases a black wench uh, he knows is pure to Ash Ash with. Why can't they just say fuck? Or... <laughs> and... Yeah, there is no comics code, so I don't know. Or have sex. Ash Ash is a whack word for sex. Thank you. That's all I want to say. And this is a... Uh... And then we get into the story and there's in a, in a black leader where white black people are yelling at the screen. Of course, there's only one white person in the theater and he's a critic and he has a hat that clearly says press on it because they want to point out the fact that he's a part of the press. And he's a white guy. Everybody else is black and screaming, kill whitey, looking at this. <laughs> now, this is why this is racist. Kill whitey off the honky. Step on that lily, lily white faces, murder them. So they're like a typical audience for a Tyler Perry movie. Uh, no, Tyler Perry. They're too. Don't insult the don't insult the cartoon characters in this comedy book. That's all. <laughs> this guy is wearing a suit. He's a black man wearing a suit, like he just came from his job, and yet they, you know, they're painting the audience as some kind of crazy. Maniacal. A black audience, okay, they may yell at the screen, but they ain't gonna yell kill Whitey and all that and murder Whitey, etc. etc. And one black guy even has a cannonball on his shoulder like he's ready to shoot the screen. What the what the fuck? And and another woman has a bomb, one of those acne bombs in her hand. What the what the fuck? Oh, this is nineteen seventy five also. Uh uh yeah, I disagree with that panel by saying, oh, well, just because we see a movie based on race relations, we want to kill the whitey. And uh, in the story, I'm trying to, I forgot what this guy's name is. Oh, <laughs> uh, the slave owner played by Perry King, slave owner busts in to find this, one of the slaves reading to the others. The, the one who is reading to others is Alfred, Alfredi Newman. <sighs> One thing you don't do in your comic book parody is point out a comic book that does parodies like yours that is better than your comic book parody. Too late. <laughs> and he said, Fess up, Alfred E. Newman. You can't read, can you? And in a plot outline for a shaft paperback, you can write too? Okay. Anyway, uh, I don't get that joke. But they they he talks to his dad about punishing Alfred E. Newman. This is a scene that disturbed me in the movie when I was a kid. The dad is sick and he I get I don't know what they was doing back in the slave days where the doctor had him take his shoes off laying in the bed and just had a little naked black slave boy laying at the foot of the bed and the guy put his foot on the on the kid's stomach. Well, I guess this sickness was supposed to go into the boy. You know, because they were stupid, back, stupid back then. <laughs> but I, it was a kid. I saw. I, I was disturbed. I'm like, "What the fuck?" And the kid wasn't saying nothing. He was just looking. 
but in the book, well, go ahead. Did you have something? I don't think it actually works that way. No, it doesn't. But that's called Christians in the South. Anyway, I don't think they've, uh, well, how much have they, has the South come forward since then? This, I don't blame the South. I blame the Christians, like you said. <laughs> and he's sitting, oh, in the comic book version, instead of a little black boy, the old man is sitting in a chair. Thank goodness what everybody's got their clothes on. And he got his feet, his bare feet. On Ebony White. What the fuck? <laughs> so they're trying to say a little boy, comparing him to Ebony White, the little boy in the movie. Anyway, that's not right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> is that is that fighting race relations? Or, you know, is that making fun of slavery? And race really and I hate not really. <laughs> it's just pointing out Will Eisner is a racist. Like we didn't already know that. What I don't get is behind the slave owner, plantation owner, is a picture on his wall that says Maul or at the bottom it says Maul M A W. And on the picture is Spider Man. <laughs> what the fuck? It's the eighteen hundreds. Why you got Spider Man face? on your wall and why I say mall I don't get it I hate these in jokes that you don't get no, it said, uh, well Peter Parker was in 1602 <laughs> anyway I don't think he had a spidey mask like this and he's, and then he says daddy I'm gonna have to whoop Alfred E. Newman I caught him and the other savages reading books oh yeah and that's the other thing too when he first find him reading books he says what are those darkies up in, up to in there in that shack, they supposed to be singing to themselves asleep with a medley of Stephen Foster, Stephen Foster tunes. I don't get that, but there's a picture of J.J. Evans from Good Times for no reason. Jimmy J.J. Walker, no reason, no jokes, just him looking <laughs> like what the fuck. And then because uh, they at some point, okay, I thought some, they called somebody a nigger somewhere in this book. Too, but I... uh, a few times. Okay, we'll, we'll get you're in panel three for a start. Wait, oh yeah, that's right. He says, "You zany mad cat fool." When he saw us asleep, the slaves reading, and he says, "You zany mad cat fools, don't you know what they do to niggas who can read?" Okay, there was no need for all that. So that's racist. <laughs> that's racist point seven. Okay, actually, there's not seven points, but there's a bunch so far. Uh, Jay, putting JJ's face there for no reason, uh, having the audience scream and yell like savages, and that now they're using the word niggas. They use the word dark darkies. Wasn't no reason for all that. And then he says, "Uh, my God, the uppity ideas of these blacks, them niggas will be wanting black exploitation films and their own TV sitcoms, every magazine." Paul scholarships. I don't know what to feel. <laughs> I feel about that. Maybe making fun of races, I guess. Right? Why are they getting so uppity? They act like they appreciate the kind way. No, they act like they don't appreciate the kind ways we treat them. Denise says to Ebony, "Now quit squirming around, footstool, or I kick your face in." <laughs> and uh, the son decides to beat. Alfred E. Newman, uh, 
the slave. Actually, it, <laughs> I guess they draw on him like to look like a black Alfred E. Newman. Well, I think there's a closer shot of him later. They they hang him up by his feet, which I remember this from the movie too. And he says, "No, please, master, don't force me upside down to watch uh, Amos and Andy reruns." Amos wasn't that a dated reference even then? Yes. <laughs> Am I what? Anyway, and he says, "Uh, okay." Please, master, please. It ain't fair. Television hasn't been invented yet. So what? Neither has movies, and we's in one of them. That's not funny. And then, yeah, he's hanging upside down watching TV on <laughs> on top of a slave girl's head. So, okay. And uh, we can skip through this. Why Sammy Davis Jr. in this panel? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was pointing... <laughs> after the save is beaten Sammy Davis walks away saying it's back to Vegas for me what the fuck is the point of that and and then they got a Don what's the name is it Don Simpson the guy from Mad Magazine who did these cartoons in the next panel they're drawn to look like he drew them another reference to a better magazine okay and uh then we introduced to uh a bland, a little blonde chick who's gonna have a hand in the plot. But uh, let's see here. Okay, oh, this guy Perry, and this character is called Cousin Honky. What the fuck? <laughs> I know they just go for the obvious jokes, and when he uh, he sees he goes to town and he sees a slave. I guess I don't know how you could tell what tribes they're from or whatever they are, but he's a Mandingo. It's a Mandingo, a full-blooded Mandingo, and he's a big one, a giant-sized Mandingo. They was doing giant-sized Mandingo com- uh, <laughs> jokes back in '75. Really? <laughs> well, the giant-sized Mandingo comic was in like '75 or so. But they, they. So it was timely. <laughs> yeah, I guess you said it might have been the it might have been the first joke of it. So I, I guess I have to give it a little bit. That's <laughs> that's the uh. Then there's two little gags and sight gags here. One I just noticed it is Bill Cosby on the slave <laughs> auction block for no reason, and and I don't know who the other one is. Like Muhammad Ali. Why are they doing this? <laughs> and then they got. The names of some of the stores that sell slaves, Dan's Darkies, and Ned's Negroes. Dan's Darkies is kind of funny. F you. I knew you was racist. <laughs> Mandingo has. And why the other side gag is Mandingo. He's a big, strapping Negro, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger muscles. But on his crotch area in his pants, it says, Do not open till Christmas. Uh. Anyway, Perry, uh, I'll say Cousin Honky falls in love with this kind of slave and he buys him. This is the so-called controversial panel. But that night at home, he goes to fuck his wife. But instead of fucking his wife, since the comic can't show fucking, they show them dancing. And uh, yeah, that's it. And then he he's mad because he'd find out she's not a virgin. 
because she fucking too, she was fucking too good to be a virgin. She was dancing too good to be <laughs> okay, a virgin. Dance, okay, dancing. You danced with someone before, didn't you? And he says, "Afore, not before." <laughs> you danced with someone afore, didn't you? Afore, motherfucker. What does that mean? And she said, "You're accusing me of something I never did." You see, all I did was did do ever was some heavy petting once, but that was just with my brother. That's funny. <laughs> that, uh, I don't see how that's funny. That's disgusting. <laughs> she got a nice ass. Uh, he said, "You, you disgust me. I disgust you." One, and here is another horrible joke, which you would have to see read it to get the joke. Where he says, "You disgust me." But he says, I discussed you too once, but that's another story. Get it? Discuss. <sighs> and he out, gets himself a black female slave to fuck. And he brings her back. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's any other jokes in here. No, I don't think so. But, oh, then he has them fighting in the gym like Rocky, even though it's 1840s. He's got a sweatshirt on. He, he said, Go mud, stomp your black brother. Is Mandingo is the mud they call him mud is fighting another black slave. Stomp on, you gotta train for the big fight to finish. And he said, "Fight, growl, snort, act like an animal. It's for your own welfare." And then <laughs> Mandingo says, "Wait, now that's well, wait a minute, master. I could put up with most of the degrading comments you've been making, but when you start making joke about welfare." That's a cheap shot. Okay, that's common. And this one guy has a point. Isn't it amazing how he have to leave all the sex scenes out of this parody, but we can put in all the gratuitous violence we want. Uh, yeah, that's and that's still up today. I have to admit that, even though the violence in this comic book ain't that bad, but that that was a racist joke about the welfare thing. Anyway, going back to there's a fight, Mandingo. <laughs> Mandingo is bo- doing the boxing match. I didn't know they had slaves fight each other in boxing matches. Or oh, actually, they probably did. And he said, that'll go, Mud. You won. You killed your black brother. You beat his gray brains out. You bit his ears off. Oh, yeah, and that's where he says that you could show sex scenes, but you were violent scenes, but not sex scenes. And it shows... There ain't no f- opponent to Mandingo in the ring. It's just a a splat of blood on on the mat, and he's and this him. guy here looks just like Nixon. Oh uh, yeah, it's supposed to be Nixon, obviously because he got the suit on. It looks even though this... in the eighteen hundreds, what the fuck? <laughs> and I don't I don't get this joke where Nixon Nixon is saying I like to buy a gardener for San Clemente. And then they got Muhammad Ali in there for no reason. But <laughs> this little kid, they, the way they drew him looked like too much like Ebony White. But she says, uh, the the white woman tells him to go fetch Mandingo and bring him to her bedroom. And you know what's going to go down. And of course, they are dancing. Okay. <laughs> she said, Hi, I tricked you into, into dancing with me by pretending I want to tell you a story. You can't resist a dancing white woman, can you? And uh, and he says, and she she says, uh, you know what the scene symbolizes, don't you, readers? He said, I don't know, ma'am. 
if you don't tell me, say, if you don't mind me saying it, it's pretty hard to get into this. If only there was some good soul music in the background. Which, okay, I'll let that Even joke. though, again, it's the 1800s. Uh, I didn't hear. <laughs> Even though what? It's the 1800s. What soul music? Okay. Well, you know, black people was always singing, you know, swing low, sweet chariot. Coming forward to carry me home. They were, <laughs> they were singing that, so they had soul music back then. And for some, they show no reason for no reason they show Fred Astaire. Anyway, singing or dancing. I mean, just because they're dancing, they had to have Fred Astaire. That's bad. Anyway, he said uh, the wife, <laughs> the white, the, the white guy finds out his wife was dancing with a black slave, and then he says. Oh, he finds uh, he finds a ring that Mendingo gave her, even though I don't know how the fuck he would have a ring to give her and why they would do that. He said, it, it's, it's a high school ring from a school in Harlem. <laughs> it's got a picture of Lena Horne embossed on the front and Mud's name, name engraved on the inside. Who gave you this ring? Uh, that's a bad joke. And he goes out to kill... Uh, <laughs> Mandingo, and oh, I think I think I remember this from yeah, I remember this scene from the movie too, because because uh, his wife fucked the black man. They, I think they, they took some hot water. He said, "Oh, she has to drink a hot liquid." <laughs> and but in the joke in the comic, they make a joke of it. But uh, he said, "Oh, oh, Toddy, oh, Gotti, I'm thirsty." He said, and he said, this will quench your thirst forever. But, in the, you know, it was more worse in the movie, of course. And then they want to boil Manding alive. I mean, not Manding, Mandingo alive. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Which, that was in the movie, too. I'm like, this movie was extra cruel, wasn't it? It's making people drink hot liquid, wanting to boil a man alive. Okay. And there was some other scenes. Well, I hate movies with happy endings. <sighs> And he's about to get into it. Mandingo has on his flip, uh, you know, his flippers and his Snoopy, uh, which called inflatable for the for the hot water pool. And, and then there's a little slave boy is roasting a hot dog on the fire of the boiling water. So that's kind of funny. But Alfred E. Newman, <laughs> he go, he, oh, what what he said? Okay, because this could be a good joke here. He said, now I'm going to have to force you to get in that vat of scalding water so as I can make fudge out of you. Okay, that's a racist joke. That wasn't necessary. <laughs> and he makes a kind of funny joke that says, you don't understand. Oh, okay. Oh, he actually didn't make a joke here. They Fuck who ever scanned this comic <laughs> I know, because really. the tops of the pages are cut off so you can't read some of the word balloons. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I, I agree. <laughs> and he says, uh, Alfred E. Newman takes out the gun and shoots the shoots uh, the white man. <laughs> and so I, I got to see this movie. Now, I don't know if I want to see it. It might be, you know, it might disturb me, but he shoots the white man. Then we cut back to the last panel, which uh, Paul Cooper says, indicts the whole white, white race. Now, the white pre- the guy who was watching the movie 
the press who is a critic for the press stands up and says, yeah, now kill the young one too. I'm convinced white people stink. Kill all them lousy whites. Hang the honkies by their thumbs. Kill them all. Kill, kill. And the black people are all aghast, clutching their pearls. They're very uh, <laughs> quiet, just looking at the white man like he's crazy. Uh, how does that indict the white race? Because he has a big press. He has a big stamp on his chest or a big. There's one good thing about this page. It's the last page of the story. You didn't like this as much as Casper. No, Casper was way better. <laughs> it was written by great Steve Skeets. This <laughs> this guy had press on his shirt, so it's not an indictment of white people. It's an indictment of the press, of the liberal press. So it was like, I'm just concerned. I mean, I'm not. I'm convinced that you know Steve Skeets was some kind of conservative, probably a racist. Fuck him. Fuck this comic book. <laughs> Zero. What do you give it? Zero. Zero. I give it at least a one. Zero. <laughs> what, what's you the didn't one? like anything about it? Zero. What did you why you give it a one? What's the one point for? Cause the black girl at the bottom of this panel is hot. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> There's one by his elbow. No but you know, by the press's uh and this other girl here, who he's got this crumpled up paper blocking her face. Yeah, that's all I'm talking about. That's the only one. She's got a big titties. That's why she's. <laughs> she looks like Lona Falana, a young Lona Falana. So this has been <laughs> Doom and uh, the Crazy Magazine. What do you think of it? Was, was there any. Did you read anything else from this? Yeah, I don't remember a thing. Uh. A lot of, I read a couple. Well, I'm looking at one right now, right after it. It's too fucking wordy. Okay, it's supposed to be a comedy magazine, like in the you know, like Mad Magazine. This thing is wor- yeah. I hate all these pieces here, which are mostly text. And the comic had a it had one that was mostly text, and it went on for pages, and it wasn't even funny. And I forgot what the joke was, but it was a lame joke to begin with. I need to find that because I, I couldn't, even though I do like a, I do have to read this one, which is going to be a parody of colleges. I think I will read this colleges in the seventies. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to read that. that look, Cause the art on that looks good. Who who did the art for this? Not well, Paul Cooperberg did the art for this story, but it won't tell you who did the art for this. <laughs> oh, apparently this is a special all racist issue. Because Will Eisner drew this one story here. Which one? Uh, Gleeful Guide Astrology. Okay. What are you doing? Yes. Not much. But he drew this. For crazy, out of all the magazines, nobody like mad wouldn't hire him, crack wouldn't hire him? I guess not. Probably because he was a racist with every white. But... <laughs> This story. I wonder if Will Eisner do this thing. How to do you say how to survive your education? And I hope this ain't a racist thing because they got one of the Planet of the Apes walking into the school with a bunch of black people. Okay, <laughs> this is all racist. <laughs> all racist. You are you? Fifteen. Fifteen to fifty-three. That's a. That's the. The computer pages or 
the flight. Too many, and, but how to survive your school? That's a lot of. That also is a lot of. It's a damn novel. Uh, well, they learned in the seventies. Who, who are these people? This was written by Mel Warwick, right. who I never know. It doesn't even and it sounds like a fake anyway. And yeah, and they didn't. Uh, well, half of those writers made up their damn names, but they didn't even list the artist. If we don't know who drew this. Nobody competent. You I like this page here with the naked bitch. That <sighs> but just by the same artist who you said is not a good artist, even though his art looks kind of like Will. Yeah, I think I'm. Will Eisner apparently demanded credit for his stuff. And yeah, well, yeah, he should have. But uh, here, oh, here's a good example. I think so. on page 23, I think is a continuation of the one that I thought was a bad skit. It's pages and pages. It's called Three America, the, the history of moose kind, the United Herds of America, meaning it's just basically. And more racism. Look at these black moose here. I see. I think one of them got big white lips. And one of them's uh-huh. eating watermelon, so there oh, you go. This is a racist. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe. Fuck crazy. Fuck the editors. I'm glad it's forgotten now. Was that by the great Steve Gerber, though? Like I said, fuck Steve <laughs> Gerber. I knew I didn't like his racist ass for a reason. Fuck <laughs> this motherfucker. Fuck. What? What about this girl in college who has on page? I don't know if I don't know. Twenty-two. She has. She has written on her titties. One titty is his. One titty is hers. And by her down by her pussy area, but they put it on her stomach. Mine. Oh, she probably her uterus because she has a right to have abortions. Okay, whatever. At least she's letting women feel her up if the one city is labeled hers. It's probably hers. Oh, this, this history of the United States of America. What's, what's the fuck? Oh, Steve Gerber wrote an issue. Oh, well, I know I'm going to skip this one. He wrote one of the stories on page 31. And that shit is worthy to It's prose. How the fuck? No wonder this. And he he ran this comic into the ground. Why why would Stan Lee let him edit anything? Because because Stan Lee wasn't in charge anymore. Why would the editor of Mad let him, the chief editor, let him edit anything? Well, Steve Gerber was the editor of Crazy, so he did whatever he wanted to do. I'm talking about who. Why did they hire him to be? Because you know it's a Marvel thing. Why in the fuck did whoever was in charge then at the time let him do do that? No. Awful, awful, awful. <sighs> this has been Doom. I'll go to Doomcast. Doom I'm still shocked, that's why I can't <laughs> Doomcast.blogspot.com is the website. You know what to do from there. Oh, I guess that's the end of the show. Trenchcoat Mafia doesn't have anything to... Yeah, I do. 
No. Listen to Podcast X. Don't do it. At podcastx.blogspot.com. And you're saying don't listen. And if they don't listen, they won't hear your episode. So there. Until next time. Peace. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. What do you want to review next time? I've 